The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor. I'm coming to you f- as uh, as with 
<laughs> I'm coming to you without the ability to speak. Um, I'm knocking things over at my desk. I'm a mess. I'm coming to you for, uh, from my home. <laughs> Guys, what is wrong with me? I'm coming to you today with a midweek episode, like usual. Um, I know that I said I was only going to do once a week because things were busy at work, but um, you know what? I felt like I wrote a good amount of notes and it's fresh in my mind. And I'm going to talk to you guys about rehearsals of Atlanta and Mary to Medicine um, because they were just very fun to watch. Also, uh, big news today. We had two big things happen. Um, apparently, Adam Levine is a real piece of shit. Like, no surprise there. Um, and Adnan Sayed from Serial, um, really from Maryland, Adnan Sayed from the Baltimore, Maryland area, um, is was just he was just uh, freed from prison. And if you listen to Serial, the podcast that inspired us all to do podcasts. Um, you know that story. So, um, those two pop culture, pop culture, life culture things happened, uh, today. And if you want to hear more of my thoughts on that, I will be covering that on the Patreon this week on Sunday, along with anything else crazy that happens this week. Um, but today let's get into Real Housewives of Atlanta. So reunion part two, we opened back up on Marlo telling Andy her story and her background and just all of the shit that she has seen living through foster care, going from home to home. And she says that she was essentially ostracized from the group because of the fact that she has this rough childhood. And Kenya interrupts and says, um, no, actually Marlo's issue is that she is she her she's an extremely extremely contradictory person. She says things and does things that just like don't match up. There's just a, a large level of hypocrisy there. And you know, I'm I don't disagree with anything Kenya is saying. I I believe the same. You know, Kenya says like Marlo says that she had all these issues with like men in her life and all this stuff, but then at the same time she takes people's relationships and she throws them in their face. She had issues with her mother. Then she takes Kenya's mother, Kenya's relationship with her mother and throws it in her face. She had issues um, getting thrown out from co- in foster care, but then she ends up doing the same thing to her nephews. I agree. Marlo is very contradictory. And Marlo, you know, Marlo is a frustrating person because she says all the right things, right? She says, I'm going to therapy and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm trying to work on it and I know that I'm flawed. But it's like, you know, in therapy or like when you have any issue, like even like with addiction, right? You like admit that you have the addiction or like in therapy, I'm not going to talk about addiction because I don't know enough about it to speak about it intelligently. But like in therapy, right? Like you have a problem or like you have a trigger. A big part of the therapy journey is like, identifying what the problem is, identifying the root cause that could be the trigger, and then you do the work. And then you do the work to not get triggered, right? Like, Because you can't just expect to live your whole life in a world where people are not going to trigger you. Triggers happen, sometimes intentionally, but most of the time unintentionally. And you have to do the work. It's like Marlo got to the point of identifying that there's a problem and identifying the work she has to do, but then she's not actually doing the work. So because she stops there, 
she pops off, you know. But anyway, Sonia chimes in and says, you know, Kenya, I don't think that you're I'm not trying to like diminish what you just said. It's just that I don't believe that that has been my experience with Marlo. My experience with Marlo has been that she's great. And this is great because <laughs> Drew, not to be outdone by Sonia, chimes in and says, yeah, like, I, you know, she has to say something. She's like, yeah, yeah, even like with me, things have been great with Marlo too, you know. Um, I've also been very friendly with Marlo. Like, I don't know why she says that because then Marlo says, yeah, I know me and Drew were fine. And like even she even called me crying about Ralph. <laughs> Drew has this look at her face like, wait, wait a minute. What? And then suddenly Drew's like, yeah, it's just like it's not consistent, you know? Like I just – I have to trust you. But she says it in such a way to be like, bitch, why did you tell everybody that I called you about Ralph? It's like Drew's an idiot. Um, they talk about Marlo's break-in and um, I guess there was a tweet that Kenya had tweeted about Marlo being so quick to share information with the press, but not actually sharing information with the group. And I guess what ends up coming out is that Kenya, because of all the different break-ins, um, tried to organize a conference call with the group to like get on the same page about everything. And Marlo apparently did not share information in the group. I think what she did is she individual called people individually called people and let them know, but she didn't necessarily want to do the group call to like get everybody on the same page. I think it's interesting to think about the fact that like Candy, Marlo, I don't know who else is it, Sonia or Drew, like they've all been all their homes were um, there were attempted break-ins in all their homes. And then we see that later in Married to Medicine. I think, I mean, I'll talk about it there, that break-in situation. But I think that like there is obviously something going on in the area that they are targeting certain homes. But Marlo apparently wasn't on board with that, uh, about getting on the same page with everybody and like being a group and like coming together and having a conversation to try to keep everybody safe, you know, within the same platform or company or whatever. She just wanted to go and share some information with uh, with some of the ladies of the group. Um, Andy finally asked Marlo about like sending her nephews away for a month and how like we've been saying, it doesn't really add up considering her own very dark and sad past. Um, Candy also points out what we've all been saying and we all think, which is like the math is not mathing. It seems shocking and confusing that you would kick them out when you yourself just said that you had the exact same thing happen to you. And Marlo says that she's working on being a better parent. She says something about like, when people go to foster care, the, she says something like it's not the same because when her foster parents kicked her out, they had gone to training on how to be foster parents and they still kicked her out. And Marlo didn't get training for being a munty, so she could kick him out. I don't know, guys. It was weird. She said something like, I didn't get trained on how to be a parent. Guess what? <laughs> Neither did anybody else. Nobody is trained on how to be a parent. Like, also the way she's talking about like, oh, I was just a fun munty and I like to spoil them and I wasn't ready to take on the responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Take on the responsibility. It's I think she'd been with the children for two years. So what 
had been happening. I mean, I, I guess I get it. Like there was two years of pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe she just felt like she needed an out, but it's also frustrating. Cause like she left for two trips to, and she kicked them out for a month in the month that she had kicked them out. She went to Jamaica for one trip, which I'm assuming was about a week. And then they did that blue Ridge trip, which was supposed to be longer, but she abruptly ended it. So you, you had an empty house where these boys could have been and your sister could have even been. You had a completely empty house. Your sister, her four kids, and these two boys could have stayed in this house and she, and she didn't do it. Why? Because nobody trained Marla on how to be a parent. Girl, nobody is trained on how to be a parent. You just become one sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you really want to become one. Sometimes you become one when you don't really want it, but you figure it out. You figure it out. That, By the way, that's not to say that if you don't want to be a parent, you should be forced to be a parent. I'm just saying that, you know, the, when the responsibility of being a parent comes on, nobody is there to hold your hand and explain to you how to do it, and you don't get to take a break. Um, so anyway, I, there was no – there was just – she was just saying that she was going to work on it, but she didn't necessarily admit that what she did was wrong, and she didn't necessarily admit that she understood the similarities or the parallels of how fucked up both of those stories are, her own and then her especially doing the same thing to her nephews. You know, it's like she just – again, it's kind of like – like with Sheree, I wonder, are you purposely evasive or are you that flighty? I think with Marlo, she is purposely evasive. She's purposely acting dumb because she knows that this isn't the the narrative didn't add up. Um, okay, let's see what else happened. Then um Andy asks about Marlo's sister and uh the one who is the parent of these children. And um it's kind of sad. It's very sad. And Kenya asks for a tissue, but it's not because she's crying, it's because she's cold. And as Marlo and Andy are talking, Andy is saying, you know, I'm just grateful that you're opening up to us. Thanks for being so open about whatever's going on. And Kenya mutters on her breath, it's called damage control. And then Marlo says, it's called evil bitch. <laughs> the title of this episode, it's called evil bitch. Um, and then, yeah, Marlo pops off. She says, Kenya can't be happy for her. Hurt people, hurt people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Kenya wants to move on. Annie wants to move on. And honestly, I want to move on. So we move on. We get a commercial break and then we come back. It's a whole other new section. We don't even go back to this because it's like it's a lost cause. It's really a lost cause. Um, we get this like receipt section of the uh, reunion. I wish that I wish I did this on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because I do think the editors in Atlanta are amazing. Uh, editors in Atlanta are amazing. I think Potomac are amazing. New York used to be amazing, where they would somebody would say a thing and immediately editors would be like. 11 seconds earlier. You know what I mean? And I really, really wish that they did that on Beverly Hills because if they did, these women wouldn't really be able to lie. Um, there's like a discussion about edges. And this is the thing about Atlanta that cracks me up. It's like they were just dogging on each other. Marlo had just called Kenya an evil bitch. But they're talking about their edges. And Marlo says that she's been using Kenya more hair care. And it actually has been helping her with her hair. And it's great. <laughs> You're like, you guys were just yelling. And now here you are giving her her flowers for her hair care line. You know, 
Um, they talk about merch, um, about all the merch, right? Shoot by Sheree merch and then Bitch on Worldwide merch and all this stuff. And now apparently Drew is selling merch. She has a sweatshirt that she's selling and it says, you invited me and then you uninvited me. That, like, stop trying to make fetch happen. That wasn't really a thing, Drew. It wasn't really even a thing. I don't know. And then she's selling sweatshirts for it. And they're like over $50. Over $50 for a line that you said once. It's so corny. But like, you know what? Congratulations on a new grift. Um, then we have like a like a just an extended Kenya segment. Okay. It's it's twirl time, justice for team twirls. They're just talking about how Kenya had the best season. And even during her best season, they show her all the times that she <laughs> she talked shit. She hung up on Sonia. Like she's just, she's great. Um, they talk about the iFit shoot and missing the bus. And I, look, I love Kenya. I love her. Okay. I love you, Kenya. But you, this is some revisionist history, babes. Like she says something about we missed the bus. She's like, oh, the night before, the day before, I didn't get to do the event and I felt really bad for letting you down. And the next day, I really wanted to go to the iFit shoot. And she says something like, and we missed the bus for whatever reason, we weren't able to get there. <laughs> but I just didn't want Sonia to think that we were going to be, that we didn't care or that uh, I didn't want her to feel like we didn't come through for her. And I'm like, that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. Sonia's right to be like, I didn't get that sentiment because if you guys really wanted to be there, you would have said to me, sorry, we couldn't figure it out. I hope it went well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Kenya is straight up revising what the hell actually happened. Um, and then like the Sonia is, oh, this is good. Son, they called Sonia out for saying that Kenya's, when Sonia, when Kenya tell Sonia what's going on, Sonia calls Kenya's story and her situation with her daughter, her sob story. And uh, Sonia apologizes. And then Kenya apologizes to Sonia about calling Ross aggressive. It was great. It was very mature, very mature. Um, but this whole time, like I said, this, you know, twirl section of this episode Kenya's just on one. She's giggling. She's doing the most. She's grabbing the phone from Sheree. She is making all these faces. Like, I love you, Kenya, but you need to calm down. You need to calm down. Relax. You know what she's doing? It just occurred to me. So remember when she went to Blue Ridge and she knew that Marlo was upset? And then, but she showed up being goofy as hell, just like prancing around, being silly, making jokes, da, 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 all that stuff. That shit only makes Marlo more mad. So now like Kenya is, after being called an evil bitch, Kenya is just like really relishing in her like kooky, kooky fun time girl <laughs> twirling about in her seat, you know, thing. <laughs> and now I'm suddenly like, I wrote in my notes, I love you, but you need to calm down. But I'm like, that's hilarious. All right, I'll allow it. Um, we get this entire segment of like Sonia's second baby storyline and like, I don't know if we need this segment, but at the same time, if there's like any opportunity we have of Drew showing her ass backwards, misogynist ass is it's good content. Okay. Um, when Sonia's explaining about why she held off and now, but now is okay with having a second baby, Drew is making a whole lot of faces. 
And I understand why Drew is so goddamn maddening. It's like that moment with Garcelle when she's like, they're having lunch and she calls out Erica about yelling at her, cussing at her son. And she has to turn around and look at Kyle and be like, what's with the faces? <laughs> That's what I got to ask Drew. What's with the faces? But then they ask Drew about her insane comments, her ass backwards, closed minded comments on the show. And I watch what happens about as a woman, it's your duty to have a baby because your husband can. And if you aren't doing a job, if you aren't doing your job, he's going to have a baby with somebody else. And Drew tries to switch, switch, sorry. Drew tries to twist this into, oh, Sonia, I thought you were asking me for medical advice. <laughs> what? What? What are you talking about? And like they're looking at Drew like, Drew, that's that's not what you said, though. Like what you said was it's your job as a woman to have a baby. And she's like, oh, no, but for me personally, for me personally. And then also on Watch What Happens, they didn't talk about this at the reunion, but on Watch What Happens Live when this came up, she said, I don't understand. What's the issue? Why can't Sonia have another baby? I mean, what happened to mommy nation? Don't you have a nation of mommies who can help you? No, that's that's not what mommy nation means sanya <laughs> sorry drew that's not what that means she's so stupid i love her i can't believe i just said that she's dumb enough where it's entertaining okay um then there is a whole other marlo versus kenya segment and essentially marlo says that she felt like because andy's like i know why Kenya's mad at you because you said some nasty shit to kenya but Marlo, why have you always hated Kenya? And Marlo says that she feels like Kenya has been dismissive. And so that's why she talks badly about Kenya. And honestly, that is such a private experience. If you're new here, you don't know what that is. A private experience is when you think everybody's mad at you, but nobody's actually mad at you. It's just you having a private experience thinking that the world is mad at you. You start projecting your own insecurities on everybody else. So Marlo thinking that Kenya has been dismissive is really just Marlo having a private experience. And then she is so insecure about her own shit. She starts projecting and she starts pushing that onto Kenya and Ken and saying nasty shit. And then Kenya's like, I don't want to be friends with that. Why would I want to be friends with that? And then somehow in this fight, Portia gets brought up. Marlo is being sarcastic. There's something about birth certificates, Carfax, Alex Allen, a white man who might be a crook, allegedly taxes the IRS. There is so much that happens between here, but uh, but it's very entertaining is what I'm going to say. Um, about Portia, it cracked me up because I feel like Portia gets pulled into everything. Um, then Kenya uh, brings up somehow in all this, Kenya brings up Marlo's history about her name being Latoya Hutchinson, about her slashing a woman in the face. And the way that Marlo is snapping here, I think it's probably all true. Like there's this thing about um, – you know, just the way that Marlo navigates this whole conversation, how emotional she's getting. She's trying to come from a place of like emotions and she tries to be sarcastic and she tries to be silly about it. But you could tell by how emotional she gets that she's actually really hurt. And the more Kenya sits and twirls and giggles and does all those things, the more it agitates Marlo. Um, 
The final segment of this reunion is a Sheree versus Drew. And essentially, we talk about Sheree doesn't pay. Drew's got a bone. Is Ralph gay? And this is when we get my favorite unhinged queen of the season, Fatum. Fatum, you Looney Tune. <laughs> just, her makeup is always just insane. Okay. Her lipstick is worse than Dorinda in Cartagena or wherever they were on vacation. It's just, it's the best. I love Fatum. Okay. Bring Fatum back. I need Fatum back. But Drew plays some sort of, this goes back to the ladies after they play this clip segment. And it goes back to essentially the issue, right? Was Anthony. This guy, Anthony came in. He told Drew a bunch of shit about Sheree. He told Sheree a bunch of shit about Ralph. And Drew started at first by going around on camera, talking to people about Sheree. And so Sheree didn't, personally retaliate but she says some stuff to her unhinged filter-free friend Fatum. Fatum blurts it out and then Drew gets mad because she's like wait a minute I thought Anthony was my on my side so anyway they Drew backs it up by playing some sort of clip on her phone it's like a conversation between Ralph and and Patrick I'm sorry Patrick no Ralph and uh Anthony and Sheree says, fuck your probably fake stitched together voice note. I'm going to pl- I'm going to FaceTime Anthony. So call Anthony and Anthony, he throws Drew under. He drives the bus on top of Drew. He's not even throwing her under the bus. He is he's driving the bus. He's on the bus. The bus is filled with a bunch of mini Anthony's. They are riding that bus on top of Drew and they are backing it and driving it ahead and backing it up. They really throw that girl under the bus. Um, And it cracks me up because he's just straight up like, yeah, I probably did say something like that about Ralph. I mean, I don't know, but I was never your assistant and you don't really owe me, you don't owe me any money and all this shit. And Drew was just shocked. And I said Patrick earlier because this to me, this guy, Anthony, to me reminds me of that weirdo Patrick Summers, Summers, who's on Instagram trying to make himself a house husband of, of Beverly Hills and just trying to make himself something bigger than he is. I said he's insane, but honestly, like, I feel like he's unwell. I think he's an unwell kid, but that's what Anthony reminded me of. So, and that was it. I, I really, I was thoroughly enjoyed. I, th- I was thoroughly enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was very entertained. Um, but Let's uh, take a quick break, and then I will be back with talking about Married to Medicine. Okay, let's talk about Married to Medicine. Before I start, I'm going to play a voice note from my very, very good friend, Kim, because she had some thoughts about Married to Medicine, and frankly, I agree. Married to Medicine. They need to double these ladies' paychecks. Immediately, immediately, immediately right now. That's, I just, I just had to say that. Also, I'm team Toya for life. I am team Toya for life. She gives better than anybody else. Toya and Heavenly, to me, really, 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 and, and Simone, those three. I don't care about anybody the way I do about those three. Like them or hate them. They are giving, 
And I also have a moment of appreciation for Eugene going, just backing his woman up. That's all. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Kim, for sharing your thoughts. Um, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Like, I think Toya is Toya is one of those perfect reality TV stars where she's right and she's wrong, right? Like Toya is funny. She is sassy. She gets angry. She is messy. She's kind of dumb. She's gorgeous. Like Toya might be a perfect reality TV star. And, and Toya's not afraid to throw hands. Okay. Um, I love, I love Toya and I love Simone and I have thoughts about Heavenly, but I do love that, that, unfiltered um unfiltered queen heavenly but you guys know my favorite is definitely simone and quad i love me some simone and quad if you listen to me on dumpster dive which by the way you should go and listen um last friday's episode with tom hamlet uh we talked a lot about married to medicine and it's so rare that i ever get to talk to anybody about married to medicine so definitely go and check that out um but uh, we talked a lot about just how much we love Quad and Simone. Like, I think that if I ever met Simone in real life, I might cry. I would cry, maybe. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, we open back up this episode on the chaos at Quad's holiday party. And this is when Heavenly is telling Toya that Zayna, who is Anila's friend who came to Quad's party, has been talking about a rumor that Toya slept with someone in the neighborhood. And this is great because Toya is activated. Heavenly has activated Toya and she is asking these women, who the hell said that? Who said that? Did you guys say that? And one of my favorite lines this episode is Toya says, bitch, I'll take my shoe off and put it in your fucking face. <laughs> I'll take my shoe off and put it in your fucking face. <laughs> and she, she's not, she's not kidding. Okay. She's not kidding. She will do it. She'll do it. Uh, but anyway, Toya is asking these women who said it. None of them are owning it. Toya gets annoyed and walks away. And she tells Eugene. And she tells – she's telling everybody. She's telling Eugene. She's telling uh, Karen. She's telling Manjula, Anila's mom. She says she goes up to Manjula and says, your daughter is saying I'm fucking people in the neighborhood. Now, let me say something. If my coworker went up to my mother – this little South Asian lady. Like, granted, my mom is nothing like Manjula. Manjula is super annoying. I would, I would want to, I would want somebody to tape that. Okay. I would, I would want cameras on that because that's hilarious. Um, and the thing is, Anila didn't say anything about her saying that she's fucking people in the neighborhood. Okay. Apparently, the Zena person was a person who was talking about it to other people. Zayna told Anila, and Anila may have told Contessa and Heavenly. Heavenly goes and tells Toya. Okay, let's keep that train in mind. Okay, that, that trail of information. Um, Toya also tells Eugene that Audra was looking up their real estate shit. And then, you know, hands are thrown. Audra is bucking in 
Toya's face. I think that's the right term. She's putting her chest in Toya's face and Toya gets annoyed and she pushes her. And then people are fighting and my favorite person in this episode, Aunt Beverly, okay, Toya, Quad's auntie, is mad at everybody for acting a fool, a damn fool in Quad's house, okay? she, This lady has worked hard for this and you are not going to ruin it. And I agree, Auntie Beverly, okay? Um, basically, everybody starts to clear out the party and Heavenly says to Damon <laughs> that she's so glad that she wasn't in the middle of it. And Damon's like, I just love when these things happen and Heavenly is not the reason for it all happening. And even Heavenly knows that she's definitely the reason why all this happened. Um, Toy is outside talking to Simone and she tells everybody that she's just proud of herself for handling herself well. And Simone is laughing and I'm laughing. Basically, when Simone laughs, I laugh. And Simone is always laughing and that's why I love her. Um, the next few scenes are just everybody discussing the aftermath of their spouses. Heavenly and Audra visit Anila at her house and they talk about Toya. And honestly, nothing we see about Toya is a lie. And this is what I said last uh, episode about Audra making a mistake. Like, Audra should not have brought up all the stuff about Toya's real estate in the middle of a party. That was a tacky, thirsty move. What she should have done is always had a conversation with Heavenly and Anila and waited for Heavenly to bring it up on camera, which Heavenly will do. She just did. She just proved herself that she will do that. So, She should have said the real estate stuff there. And I love when Heavenly was like, you guys don't have like HIPAA or anything. I just love that she keeps asking if there's like HIPAA HIPAA violations. (laughs) Audra's like, no, it's public information. Um, But basically, like nothing they say about Toya is a lie. Yes, Toya cares a lot about um, brand names and clothing and all this stuff when Toya herself has a lot of financial issues. But also, like um, everybody says, Toya is actually kind of open about her financial issues. I mean, is Toya an asshole for clocking people about their clothes? Of course she is. But I don't think that Toya is somebody who is going to lie about her finances. Like there's um, – I'm so sorry. I just started following this account. And you know what? As I tell you guys about this account, I'm going to try to find it. There's an account on Instagram I just started following, and it's very, very good it is a new Housewives content creator. Um, I think it's called Housewives Chit Chat is their name. Um, and they just l- did a video recently. And basically what they were saying was, hold on. Yes, 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 yes. It's called Housewives and Chit Chat. And they did a video talking about like Toya being broke. The thing is, none of these people are broke. Like, when we say that somebody is broke, like, I don't think anybody on reality TV is broke, okay? None of these people are broke. They all have jobs, and they're paying their bills. They are they just have a lot of debt. Like, I don't think that Toya is uh, broke. I think that she is just in a lot of debt. I think that's really all it is. Um, but yeah, nothing they're saying about Toya is necessarily a lie, But um, it's just how they go about communicating this information about Toya. They're just using this information incorrectly. Um, And they also all clock that Heavenly is the reason why this whole fight started because she's the one that activated Toya about the Zayna rumor thing. Um, At the same time, Toya, Simone, and Contessa go to lunch and Toya says that she in fact did not punch Audra and that she was behaving in a very restrained manner. And this is why I love Toya. 
And this is why I love this show because somebody like, say, Erica Jane, right? She could pop off on Crystal and then say, I was holding back. I wasn't even doing what I would want to do. And Kyle would just like cringe and make face and say, yeah, you know, you're coming from a place of pain. Whereas in this, Simone just laughs in her face. She's laughing in her face because it's ridiculous. But they also agree that Heavenly is the problem here. She is the rumor. (laughs) Heavenly is the rumor. Zayna may have told Anila. Somebody told Zayna, possibly. Zayna told Anila. Anila mentioned it to Contessa and Heavenly. Heavenly tells Toya. Toya gets activated, and then she gets into fights with people. But while they are talking about Heavenly being a problem, somehow Toya, she's such a good player at this this television show, like this game, basically. She somehow manages to bring up quad somehow we get to quad is sleeping with married men i was like how do we what happened and this is like such juicy information but then we get this entire section of this episode which i was like 20 minutes of it which is like the doctors at work Heavenly talking about her amazing husband who's amazing and also sleeps with her every day. Uh, Neela's mom have a scene and it's like really cringe and I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't want to talk about it. It's horrible, guys. It's terrible. I've never been more embarrassed with a, of a – I've never been more embarrassed of a South Asian on television since Dinesh D'Souza. I have not been as embarrassed as I am when I watch Anila and her mother on fucking TV. Um there's a scene with Contessa prepping for her eating disorder competition. I know it's a fitness competition. I'm never going to call it that. It's an eating disorder competition, okay? Let's see what kind of body you can make by eating and exercising in a way that is absolutely unsustainable. And then we will give you a trophy for it. Okay? That's terrible, okay? Um, And then there's this really sweet scene with Quad and her family, and it's lovely because I just love Mason. I love Quad. It's sweet. It's it's just, it's great. They're lighting lanterns. They're talking about her brother. They're eating steaks. It's just, it's great. Um, and then there's a scene about Jackie hiring someone so she can make more side hustles. Okay. I don't care. There was barely any Jackie this episode. And honestly, I didn't miss her. In fact, when she showed up at the end, I was like, oh, I forgot you're on the show. Um, Anila and Garen talk about getting rid of her mom, and I don't care. And then they talk about, uh, then they cut to this whole thing about Anila and Garen's house being broken into. And Anila posts on Instagram that she thinks that it was planned. And like, okay, so when I saw this, that they said that Anila had posted that she believes that she was targeted and this was planned, I thought, okay, I know what this is because I personally know many people who have had the same thing happen. Specifically, South Asian households are often targets because we have gold. So people know that you go to a South Asian household, you're going to be able to find like good quality gold that you can steal, right? Um, When she says that I believe it was targeted, it was somebody who planned it, what I'm thinking is you have like, and this is what has happened to my friends or family members who I know have had similar things happen. It's usually like they've catered a large event there. There's somebody who's had a big party there. Um, You know, them saying we live in a gated, guarded community, vendors, uh, contractors, um, there's lots of people that go through um, 
these big communities and there's different people that work uh, under different companies that can get access to these gated communities and these homes. And so I know for one of my relatives, something like this happened where literally the wires for their security systems were cut and they knew exactly when these family members of mine were going to be out of town. They knew exactly how to get into what place. Like they knew exactly where everything was when they stole stuff. So I do believe that when they say like, this is what I thought when she said it was targeted, we were targeted and this was planned, right? Um, But the way that it's being received by the other women is that they are wondering if Toya said a hit. (laughs) I can't even say it out loud. It's so ridiculous. If Toya said a hit on Anila's house, you guys, it's ridiculous. Quad and Heavenly are FaceTiming and Quad says this hilarious line, which is, I'm just putting two and two together because two plus two will never, ever in life be 16. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I'm like, I think there's a clip. I haven't watched the preview, but I think there's already a clip for next week's episode. And I think that there is something where Anila and um, Garen are talking about how they feel like they were attacked because of what happened at the party. Um, And they kind of allude to it being Toya. And I'm sorry, that's racist and disgusting. Okay, there, I said it. Believing that you are, first of all, believing that you are, let me, let me pause there. Believing that your house was targeted and that this was a planned attack Number one is a real thing. Yes, that does happen. But then for you to think that you are holding such valuable information about a person that they would put their whole life on the line, their career on the line, these doctors, this woman who's been on a telev- this television show for much longer than you have, um, would put her entire shit on the line to put a sting out on your house? Anila, that's ridiculous. And if we think about the fact that earlier this season, there was this episode where um, I think Eugene and Toy are having a conversation about their son being accused of stealing something and how um, racist that is and how aggressive that is and how a Black person being accused of theft it results in very different things than it would for a white person, for a non-black person. So if Anila and Garen are going to sit there and try to twist this narrative around and create this like false story that, oh, Toya is the reason why we got robbed of our family heirlooms, that's some bullshit. First of all, if you have family heirlooms in your house, you need to put that shit in a locker. You know where I have my gold? Not in my house. I'll tell you that. It's not in my house. It's in a locker, okay? You're bajillionaires. You go and put it in a locker. Why do you have it in your house? To have it on display so that somebody can quickly come in and grab it? Are you stupid? So that's on you that you are an idiot and you'd kept your jewelry in your house, okay? But then on top of that, to try to accuse Toya? Fuck you, Anila. That's racist. That's straight up racist. To sit around and be like, This black woman is so mad that she and her husband, who are professionals and like respected people in our community, are going to go and put a sting out in your house and steal your shit. Fuck you. Get Anila the fuck off of my TV, okay? I cannot stand her and I'm done with her. 
Anyway, that is it for this week uh, of Married to Medicine in Atlanta. Um, I will be back on Saturday to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye.